welcome to this week's Eagle Podcast. Our subject today is what is it like to first get involved with a homeschooling community? I'm Edie and I've been homeschooling for 15 years. I have my last child going to college this year and I'm joined by today Julie and I have been homeschooling for 15 years as well and I have uh, my youngest is heading into her senior year so I only have one more year left to go. And I'm Moran. I've been homeschooling for 21 years and they are all finished with homeschool, college, and working now. Wow. And in our subject today, I was imagining parents contemplating first getting involved with homeschooling and wondering, will my family fit in with the homeschool community? Um, you may have some preconceived ideas about homeschoolers that we, we hope to address. And so I thought we'd begin with just telling about our own first involvement. I knew that I was going to be homeschooling <clears throat> my two kids, and I knew in advance, so I got involved with a homeschool co-op that um, was having events every month and supporting each other with mom groups and emailing and sharing resources and ideas. And I really was welcomed by them. I chose that homeschool group in particular because they were all inclusive of any style or reason for homeschooling and very supportive of each other. So I really enjoyed that. And we really have been members of that group this whole time. And Moran, you had quite a different experience coming from England. Yeah, it was um, something we just stumbled into. We knew it as home education. You educated your child according to their age and their ability. So when we moved to the U.S., we came into home schooling. But it, it was a very, very different thing. I had no idea about it. I did not know what it was about. All I knew was I wanted to be that parent to take the children to the next level. And I wanted to just ask you, dig a little deeper about the difference between home educating in England uh -huh. and home educating as you found it to be in America once you moved here with your oldest being 13, I think? Uh, no, she was, she turned eight the eight. next okay. day. So, so what is the difference? You once told me that it, it's not really an unusual thing in England, that people have always been homeschooling well, yes. as one option. Um, because the English has an understanding of governesses. Right, right. They always has someone to teach the children according to their age and abilities. Right. So when we started to teach our children, we were expected to have a home visit. And usually what they do is to come and see what you're doing and even assist you with, you know, anything you need to carry on. That's about it. There's nothing to stop you from writing a report, giving information, because they're used to the idea. If you look at um, Peter Rabbit book, right? <laughs> yeah, Beatrix Potter. She was a governess. Oh, right. Yeah, and wrote all those beautiful stories for the children that she taught. She must have been a wonderful governor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those lovely um, art books as well. You know. So it's when we came here, it was almost like school, but at home, rather than 
exploring, learning oh, okay. without any uh, structure at the, you know, like curriculum right away. Then later on, you bring in the curriculum, but first you, in England, you just explore and join the children doing things with them. And then you sit down and do some, you know, the, the different levels of work. Because every child is different. They just cannot handle certain maths at a certain age, but another child can. Right. Yeah. So here you have the math level for first grade, math level for second grade, math level oh, for third grade. I see what you're saying. And um, someone would, who is at first grade might be ready for the third grade. Sure. But someone at third grade may be still working on first grade. You see? So you felt a little more free to to not have to be at those specific levels. Yes. As, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. And Julie, were you trepidatious about the homeschool community as you joined from going to public school initially? Um, we weren't trepidatious about it. Before we moved to <clears throat> Pennsylvania, we lived in Florida, and that's when we decided at that point that we were going to homeschool. When we got up to Pennsylvania, our middle son had some health issues, so we ended up putting the oldest in school while I tended to the middle with his health issues and then uh, we got pregnant with our third and I again I felt that I couldn't do homeschooling I needed to put them into school uh, while I was getting my bearings with a brand new baby and a child who was you know a little bit sick so it wasn't until my oldest was third grade that we pulled him out and we decided we were going to homeschool I already knew of a homeschool community that had welcomed me with open arms, so that was really nice, um, and started getting to know people there and uh, really enjoyed everybody. I will say that there are lots of different communities out there, and so if the community that, say, you may start with does not uh, work out for you, I'm sure that you can find another community out there. Uh, that may suit your needs a little bit better, uh, suit your personality or your lifestyle or your beliefs or whatever. So just know that it's not going to be one size fits all. You, there's so many options out there with homeschooling, and that's what um, I found as we, you know, entered homeschooling and then and then moved through the 15 years that we've been doing it. Yeah, I like what you say about there are many different communities available especially now with the internet. We have some friends who unschool, and while they are 45 minutes away, there are lots of online meetup groups and even groups that you can communicate with who are in Oregon or I think Connecticut or New York has annual conventions for the unschooling. That's just one of many, many different communities that are so easy to find online. You can just Google any style of homeschooling, and I think there's a supportive community for it. Um, one thing I was thinking that may determine what kind of group you're looking for to support you is the reason that you start homeschooling. For instance, our friend who couldn't be with us today started homeschooling her son because of reading disabilities. And um, he was doing great in school except for the reading made him really stumble because she was able to keep him at home and she thought just for a year we'll be doing this <laughs> and she helped him get through the dyslexia that he was struggling with 
and then they liked it so much they continued the next year. A lot of homeschoolers say it's a year-by-year -year decision. I think that's a nice guideline because if you make it a month-by-month -month decision, the kid's going to be disoriented to be pulled in and out of school. But certainly, as you're exploring different resources, you could make it you know, change by semester to see how you're going to interact with that resource. But back to my original question of why. Well, I think that's really a good point um, when you say, you know, if you're, um, depending on what your reason is for homeschooling, kind of guides you towards a specific community. And I never thought of that that deeply, but we decided to homeschool because I love being with my kids and we love doing things together. So the first group that we were part of was a very loose-knit group that did field trips here or there or play dates, and that worked out great for us. Um, I think as the kids matured and my goals for them kind of changed a little bit, a different community worked out better for us and I kind of somewhat left the old community um, still in touch, but very loosely because, uh, like I said, our goals had changed for our community. So I think it's a really good point that you bring up, Edie. Yeah, I think so too, because um, in England, because I didn't know much about homeschooling, we went to a convention and we got to meet some people and we have a field trip but it was the entire family. Right, so right. fathers would take the week off or the day off. So when you got there, you met entire families. Another thing I found here was when, you, when I met up with families here in the U.S., it was mainly mothers. Interesting, yeah. But not <coughs> the fathers. But the fathers were the background supporter of the children and the families. That may be just our area too, because you think about, you know, the many different situations that you could have. The father could be the only parent and mm -hmm. able to homeschool because he can work from home or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you could have mm -hmm. grandparents doing the homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Some of them. Yeah, yeah. And what happened was, um, that was the only real community. So people were coming from far distances to meet up for like maybe a once a month. Thing. So oh, you just had your weekly family to be with. That was it. Oh yeah. And, but the library was the resource. One of the things they said to you was to continue to go to the library. Right. So I went to the library <laughs> and got lots of information. You get places you you know do things, visit this activity and whatnot. When we came here to the U.S. I found a library. The first thing I did was to find the library. The time we went to the library was only the time that homeschoolers would have been there right. as well. <laughs> right. So I got to meet some ladies to this day. I still know. Oh, that's and, um, So then we suddenly had a little community of people. We'll meet at the park and right. we'll chat and we'll talk and our children will play and do things and had a homeschooling list to let you know. So you were still a family but at the same time, you were extended to socialize with other people as well. Right, you know? right. And, and that early stage of meeting for picnics and doing things like Julie said was very important. But as you grew and your children understanding grew, you began to say, okay, I need something a little bit more structured now. Where can we go to find this that would fit in? And, and we were able to do that. 
and then they have friends in that new situation. Yeah. And I was thinking about your daughter who does this uh, swim team. You know, you'll also get a community of non-homeschooling parents through sports or uh, debate club or whatever clubs or organizations they belong to in the community. Mm-hmm. And if a child is coming from public school, um, they don't have to give up their friends. <laughs> you know, They can still stay in close touch with their friends and continue that community. I wonder if there's any negative situation that you may have found from pulling out of a public school situation, whether that will be changed by so many people suddenly having to, quote, homeschool at home. It may not have the stigma <laughs> that had been attached to it in some cases. Yeah, one of the things when when my children went to, well, the oldest went to first and second grade, the middle went to preschool three and four out of school, and then we pulled them out, um, we did find, <clears throat> because it was not the norm, uh, that when we decided to homeschool, some families that remained at the school backed away from us, backed away, they had their kids back away from our kids because we were doing something different and they, I think they took it as an affront that they weren't doing the right thing. Never in my mind would I have ever thought that because I homeschool that meant that what they were doing, putting their kids in school was the wrong thing because I don't believe that at all. But uh, nevertheless, those uh, school friends kind of disappeared and uh, I think that now if if more families choose to homeschool uh, due to this pandemic, I think that that problem won't be, exist because it, I think it's going to be more mainstream to homeschool your kids. And, um, you know, some people may say, oh, there's, I guess it's it could be divided by um, income levels now if you homeschool versus put your kid in public school. I don't think that at all. I think it's just... You know, families, again, once again, always doing what they feel is best for their family. And um, I think we, we need to keep that in mind. People are just doing what they feel is best for their family, and I, I don't think we should stigmatize them at all. Mm-hmm. No, and mm-hmm. of course we could say again that our whole reason for having this website and podcasts and uh, YouTube videos, blogs, is to help anyone who is considering homeschooling or supplementing their child's public schooling with information that we've gathered over these 21, 15 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really thankful what you said, Julie, because I know of a family who would have never thought of homeschooling, but because of the pandemic, they feel that it is not going to be safe to take their children to school. But the school is providing all the lesson plan so they do not have the fear of preparing the lessons. So they're getting it from the teachers and they're working with the children at home and they're really thankful because they are now able to be at home with the children. The husband is actually working from home. It's turned out to be a positive thing in a sense and the, the, the children are still spending time with their, their grandparents on certain days they go to the grandparents and they take their lesson along. Oh, that's cool. yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And so they've just fell in. And if you had told them um, maybe even a year ago about homeschooling, because I know this family, would have been like, 
maybe finding it in pressuring or insulting what are you trying to tell me right and, right and because it is happening all around their friends too are the friends of those parents they're saying we don't want our children to go back until we know what's going on so their friends are the little children friends are also being homeschooled as well right and it's so funny they, they will not <laughs> say it in the sense of the traditional homeschooler but oh. it is still a homeschooler being home taught at home and because of that the the meaning of true homeschooling is coming to be understood by uh, most people out there yeah yeah and when you reference the meaning of homeschooling i think you're really talking about the love in the family yeah. i get the sense yeah yeah which can be enjoyed longer if you're not having mm -hmm. to break mm -hmm. that in the morning and yeah. reunite in yeah. the afternoon yeah yeah, yeah. But, i am um, i want to say uh one a, a woman i know just started homeschooling two years ago had never intended to do it she works full-time her husband works full-time but their uh, oldest son was having some difficulties uh, in school, and so she felt she needed to pull him out. And she ended up coming into our homeschool tutorial, which is like a hybrid where uh, a group of families get together and they meet a couple times a week to go over all the lessons. The parents share the responsibility for teaching. And uh, three days a week, the kids do the work at home. So we call it a tutorial. You can think of it as a hybrid of school anyway. It's still considered homeschooling, and this mother and, and, her, and her husband brought the two boys to our tutorial, and they thought that they were going to enroll the following year, but the fall of that year when they brought them, she, she immediately wanted to put her kids in the tutorial because she loved the feeling of our tutorial. And within a couple of months, she just had fallen in love with the concept of homeschooling. Again, it was nothing she ever considered because she's and she still works full time and he works full time. But she felt that they could manage it somehow. And they have. And the term she used was organic. She said, mm. this just feels organic to my family. And she loves it. And again, both parents working full-time, they're making it happen somehow. Now, she she's now working at home most of the time, but still, she just loves the feel of it, and she is making it happen. That's great. And in our materials on our website, uh, we have a lot of tips for how to deal with this new situation. I was thinking about how they deal with both working, and we have some tips in, uh, I think it's called This Fall 2020, How Do I Help My Child? in their education. That'll give you some tips to think about what resources can you make use of to make that situation happen best. We have a great blog about how do I focus my child's attention, about creating a still and calming atmosphere with all the distractions we usually have. Another thing I'll throw in is um, your child might be spending a lot more time online, especially if you choose to cyber school. Um, and I think uh, one of our <clears throat> members is going to do a review of all the cyber schools that she researched to try to s tell the best advantages and disadvantages of those that's coming up. So watch for that. Um, you might, with a small child, have a basket of non-digital <laughs> toys that you pull out in special moments that you can play together with those toys 
or that they can play themselves if you have a business call or a conference. Anything that you can craft around that family organic atmosphere is going to help you get mm -hmm. the job done when it comes mm -hmm. to education this fall and beyond. Yeah. Yep. So thank you so much for joining us today. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to know more, we have a podcast episode recording each week. And also check out our YouTube channel, Facebook, and website in the description. Um, our website has blog posts and resources and services. So thank you, Maran. And thank you, Julie. Thanks, Edie. And we'll see you again soon.